the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Thursday, February the 27th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on February 27, 1922, the Supreme Court unanimously upheld the 19th Amendment to the Constitution that grants women the right to vote. Today in 1801, the District of Columbia was placed under the jurisdiction of Congress. Today in 1933, Germany's Parliament building, the Reichstag, was gutted by fire. Adolf Hitler, who was then Chancellor, he immediately took advantage of the crisis. They always do. And he began to blame the communists. And he began to blame those who opposed him. And he used the fire to justify suspending civil liberties. That's a pattern that's been repeated throughout history. Today in 1943, the U.S. government, responding to a copper shortage, began circulating one-cent coins. They were made out of steel-plated zinc. Remember those? They were still around when I was a little kid, Uh, but they became very unpopular because people kept making mistakes, thinking they were dimes, store retail people, thinking they were dimes and not pennies and giving change accordingly. Got rid of those in a hurry. I think I think there's, I don't see them in circulation, but I we had a few, I kept a few. I don't know why, as when I was a teenager, I thought they were cool. They were kind of disappearing at that time. But anyway, that all happened uh, today. They started making those, 1943. Today in 1951, the 22nd Amendment to the Constitution Limiting a president to two terms of office officially was ratified. I mentioned that yesterday it was presented. Today in 1960, the U.S. Olympic hockey team defeated the Soviets 3-2 to at the Winter Games in Squaw Valley, California. The U.S. went on to win the gold medal. That was a big deal. Today in 1963, the Soviet Union announced it would leave 10,000 troops in Cuba. Today in 1973, members of the American Indian Movement, they occupied the hamlet of Wounded Knee in South Dakota. That was the site of an 1890 massacre. The occupation lasted until the following May. It was in the news almost nonstop in those days. Today in 1991, Operation Desert Storm came to a conclusion. President George H.W. Bush, he declared that Kuwait is liberated Iraq's army is defeated, and he said, our troops and the Allies will suspend combat operations at midnight tonight, Eastern Time. I didn't agree with a lot of the things that President George H.W. Bush believed in, but he sure handled that properly. Um, It was amazing. He got in, got out. In fact, there were people that year saying, should we even have an election? He was so popular at that moment. And yet, as we know, Bill Clinton came along. Bill who from where? 
came along and became president. Things change overnight in politics. Things change in our world overnight, moment by moment. That's why we need a rock to build our lives on, not on the shifting sands of secular humanism, progressivism, as it's called now. It isn't progressive at all. It's regressive. The Lord says in Psalm 31, Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all you that hope in the Lord. A lot of, a lot of things to be concerned about today and be lacking in courage. Jesus said, John wrote it down in chapter 14, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Don't be afraid. A lot's going on. Bothell High School announced this morning, for those of you out of the area, Bothell is the uh, suburb of Seattle. Pretty big. A lot of people live there. Bothell High School is closed today out of an abundance of caution. They announced this, Como News announced this about an hour ago. Staff, a staffer's family member has, was placed in quarantine for possible coronavirus, according to the North Shore District Superintendent Michelle Reed. Reed said a staff member at Bothell High School returned to work Monday after a week of international travel. The staffer said a family member traveling with them became sick on Tuesday, was taken to the hospital. The family member is being treated, monitored, and quarantined at the hospital. Didn't say which hospital they're in, but... Anyway, the test results for this person will take five to seven days. Reed said the school staffer is not sick, but is remaining in self-quarantine at their own home. China is in freefall. I mean, it's unbelievable what's happening there. I've been paying attention to it in regards to a number of things over the last couple of years, but particularly since this C-virus, as they're now calling it, not China, but others are calling it the C-virus. But as this virus has spread throughout the country, I mean, it's amazing what's happening there. It's stunning. And there are humanitarian organizations, including some governments, that have been sending food to some of these towns. They've been locked up. They can't even go to the store. And if they get to the store, there's nothing there. I saw one guy the other night on television uh, somebody had gotten a video out of there, and he, he was his elderly parents were living with he and his wife, and I think they had one child. I think that's what you're allowed in China. You have to abort the rest of them or something. I don't know, one-child policy. I don't know if it's still in effect or not, but it, it has been. But it showed that the guy finally got out of his house, and he was able to, to leave, and he got down the road, and the highway was closed. Big barricades and trucks, you know, military equipment across the road. They can't even leave. So people have been sending money, or, or, or rather food, to these people in this one province. I think it's Hubei or something like that. But anyway, thousands of tons of food have been sent in from these, you know, charitable organizations, compassion organizations. And it's not going to the people. There's stories coming out of there now that there are people that are they're saying, and some of them have gotten pictures and put it on the internet. They're saying that the the authorities are stealing the food and 
either eating it or just dumping it to let it rot rather than getting it to the people to which it is intended. That's how corrupt the Chinese government is. That's what socialism does for you. Really, it is. That's where it takes you. That story has been repeated a thousand times in history. Well, it's happening in China today. The China media, it's controlled by the government, of course, they're putting out this story. They put out a story yesterday. They put out another one today. Chinese state media, they have a newspaper that's called the Global Times. It is actually pretty widely read around the country. I, mean, I don't know if people believe what they read in it, but they read it. And I've seen some of the numbers, and they have a lot of reader uh, readership out in China, but outside of China as well. But the Chinese state media continue their efforts this week to mitigate this political damage. They're more concerned about how they're going to look to the world, saving face. And i got to be honest with you, and I know this can be misunderstood, and if so, so be it. But I've traveled a lot in Asia in missionary work in Africa and other parts, most of the world, to be honest with you. But I've noticed in Asia... One of the very most important, and I've had many Asians who I'm very close to, friends of my pastors and others, they've told me this. It's very important to save face. Being embarrassed is one of the most, um, one of the most difficult situations for Asians that they ever experience socially. And I think we're seeing a collective response in that regard to China, or from China. China's lack of transparency. Uh, is not the issue. They don't want that talked about. So they've come out with an article today in the Global Times, and there's other newspapers in Australia and, and Europe and, and here in America that have picked this up, and they're, they're, they're reporting it as though, well, that's the way it is. They are, they are, they, they're accusing the United States of being xenophobic and white supremacist and racist toward China because we're trying to protect ourselves from their deal that they have perpetrated out onto the world because of their lack of attention. This Chinese communist paper, I read the article, and I, I'm not going to take the time to go through it, but they went on to attack the American health care. I, I guess that's to distract. It sounds like Bernie Sanders in Cuba, to be honest with you. So they're attacking America's uh, health care, as their own horror stories mount exponentially in China. They're talking about how, how America is not healthy and we're trying to distract the rest of the world from China's, um, you know, how they are handling things there. Well, they're not handling things there. In fact, part of the story says the U.S. is the only major, they're quoting from the World Health Organization, but they're saying the U.S. is the only major country that doesn't guarantee health care to its citizens as a human right. It's estimated that about 30,000 people in the U.S. die every year because they can't afford medical treatment, according to the Physicians for a National Health Program. Well, they're, they're talking, these are words right from the United Nations and World Health Organization. But anyway, they continue. They say, they say uh, in the midst of such an incompetent system, it is unfortunately easy to understand why there are so many deaths from the seasonal flu in the U.S., and it goes on and on and on. But, you know, subversive-type governments and politicians in general, but particularly the Hitlers, 
the Z, the guy that's running China now, and these kinds of people, the Castros, those kinds of people, they always seize a crisis to use for their own advantage. Karl Marx advocated that. Saul Alinsky taught it very strongly as a disciple of Karl Marx. Barack Obama taught the teachings of Saul Alinsky at Harvard and elsewhere as a kind of an adjunct or whatever. That's the world we live in. It's so clouded with deception. Sometimes you feel like you just can't penetrate the cloud, the vapor, to get to the truth. And that's why Christians have got to stay close to the Bible, because you're going to hear things that you have never heard in your lifetime over the next weeks and months, particularly in regards to our political situation that's happening in 2020. This is transformational, this next election. I will tell you, I I mean, I haven't lived centuries, but I've been around a couple of decades or so, several, but I've never seen anything like this in my life, and others are saying the same thing, and I'm sure you've thought that at some point. You thought, man, I, I never never thought I'd see this in my lifetime, or I can't believe this has happened, or whatever. I mean, it. I know there's always been a sense of, as people get, you know, past their teenage years, and some call them elderly, but you get past those years, and you've seen some, and you're more mature, and everybody... Each generation kind of thinks, well, boy, I mean, this they're sure not doing this right. These kids aren't running the world right, and so on. I guess everybody thinks that when they reach a certain age. But we're living in, in uncharted territory. I mean, with, with the access to the media and the access to millions of people, some guy sitting in a hut in Africa or a little shack in the backwoods of China, and believe me, millions of people live that way in China. It's not the gleaming city that you see on American television. It isn't. But some guy sitting in a little hut somewhere can get a hold of a phone and get on the Internet and boom, there's stories out to millions of people, maybe billions of people. We've never lived exactly in this kind of a context. So all of this is happening. It's going to happen. The misinformation stories that are untrue, trying to persuade people to think this or that or the other thing. That spirit has always been among us, but the access to so many people by most anybody has not existed until now. So we live in perilous times, as the New Testament calls it, and we live in times when we've just got to stay very close to God's Word, and we've got to lean and stand and believe and embrace the Word of God, because heaven and earth is going to pass away. But God says, my word shall not pass away. So if you want to attach yourself to something that's going to be dependable, reliable, and unchangeable, get your Bible off the shelf and start reading it. And take it into your spirit, into your heart, and your mind. And let God encourage you and direct you and help you and heal you and show you his ways. That's the day we live in. And I mean, it's always been important to read the Bible and believe it, but never more so than today. The man that is leading the Democratic Party right now, will he be their nominee? Probably not if they can help it, but Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, I've talked about him the last couple of days. He's dominating the news. 
And he's not even pretending not to be a socialist. He's calling himself a socialist now. He used to kind of deny it with a wink. Not anymore. In fact, the Cuban newspaper is so enthused about it, they came out with a feature story today. The Cuban national newspaper. They came out with a story today. It says U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders, one of the strongest candidates for the nomination of the Democratic Party in the U.S. for the November presidential elections, recognized the important role of Cuba in sending doctors worldwide. Oh, my goodness. It would be a Bernie. And then they quote Bernie, who said, and I quoted this yesterday or the day before. I can't remember. But they quote him. And they say, Mr. Sanders said it would be a mistake not to declare in Cuba that they have made some good advances in health care. And then they identify where he said that on 60 Minutes on the CBS network and broadcast this last Sunday in the U.S. Man, I wonder if that's collusion. Maybe Nancy should be looking into that instead of some of the other things she's doing. But there is no question that we live in perilous times and times that could just absolutely paralyze a person with fear and lack of courage. So stand firm on the word of God. It was a stunning act. Not only stunning to me, I follow these things closely, but to everyone. The Senate Democrats this week blocked a request by Republicans to vote on a bill that would stop infanticide and provide medical care and treatment for babies who were born alive after botched abortions. Did you know about that? Let me just give you a a quick rundown on it. Penny Nance of Concerned Women for America, she says that, I mean, she came out with both guns blazing. I know that's not politically correct, but Penny Nance isn't always politically correct either. God bless her. She came out, she said, Planned Parenthood and abortion extremists' death grip have once again prevailed through the Democratic Party. And she was talking about elections have consequences. We've got to get real, she said. Well, we do. She said, today they voted to turn their backs to protect babies who feel pain or are born alive after a failed abortion. She said, it's unconscionable that Democrats stand on the side of the authoritarian regime's like China and North Korea, who condone the killing of unborn children until birth and leave unwanted newborns to die. They do. Unfortunately, she said, that's where our country's laws stand today. They do. (laughs) Senator Ted Cruz, he came out on this. He said, even the idea that this would somehow be debatable. He said, what to do with that child? He said it's a remarkable statement of just how extreme and radical the pro-abortion side of this debate has gotten. He's right. Sometimes it's like the frog in the kettle. They keep turning up the heat and we think, well, this is, you know, this is the way it is. This is the day we live in and so on. And we kind of lull ourselves. Finally, we're boiling and we're dead. And Cruz didn't refer to that analogy, but it's well known and it is very accurate. He said it's remarkable that we're even discussing what to do with a live baby laying on a table in a clinic somewhere, a Planned Parenthood clinic. Why would we even have to have that discussion, for goodness sakes? But in today's world, we do. The Republicans had sponsored two pieces of legislation that would protect babies, born and unborn. It is already illegal 
infanticide in America, but some of the Republicans who are extremely pro-life, many of them are, not all, but almost all of them are, but some of them that really feel deeply in their heart, they're committed Christians and you know their names, and some of these guys have come out and said, hey, we just want to kind of seal this deal. We know abortion's legal and we're working to overturn Roe v. Wade and prayerfully and hopefully we will, and I pray to God they do and they can and we do, but they said, in the meantime, let's be clear that we're not going to kill babies who didn't die in the womb to make it legal. The Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act would have required babies who survive abortion to be provided with the same medical care as any newborn of the same age born prematurely. That was rejected. 56 to 41. It's dead. The pain-capable unborn uh, child act would have been a barrier against the fifth month, uh, would have would have caused a baby beyond the fifth month not to be aborted. Both of those bills were defeated. Republican Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska, he introduced the Born Alive bill. He challenged Democrat senators. He said, can't you guys go beyond the talking points provided to you? by Planned Parenthood in considering the bill, they couldn't do it. They can't go beyond the Planned Parenthood talking points. And Sass knew it, and he, and he said on the record, on the floor, he said, because you don't have, you don't want to have a real conversation about the actual legislation and the actual babies that we're considering today. Why? Because you're scared to death of Planned Parenthood's army of lobbyists. He reminded his colleagues that infanticide is already illegal, but he said this bill is trying to get at the fact that abortions walk away from these little babies and leave them laying on this table to die. He said every baby dies if you wander away from them and deny them care. He said it's called passive infanticide. And that's what Planned Parenthood and other abortionists are doing. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham, he introduced the pain-capable bill. He pleaded with Democrats. He was pounding the lectern. He said, we would like to get out of this club of seven nations that allow abortion on demand at a time when parents are encouraged to sing to their child. And there is a, a real movement, you may or may not be aware of it, that if you sing to your, if the mother particularly sings to the child in her womb and growing in her tummy, um, that it's good for the child. And that should begin around the fifth month. And that's what Lindsey Graham was referring to. He said, we're in a club with these nations, Canada, China, Netherlands, North Korea, Singapore, and Vietnam. He said, they kill babies up to the last moment. Do we want to be part of that group? Boy, the Marie, the Patty Murrays, the Maria Cantwells, the... Senator Cinema from Arizona and all these people, the rest of the Democrats, they don't care. They don't care. They may have a conscience, but they have somehow figured out how to sear that conscience. If they did care, they wouldn't vote against life consistently every time. Patty Murray was up there yesterday proudly presenting Washington State and the United States and progressives and all the people that are well-informed today. And she was telling them with her sad face how it is she said, we cannot take away women's choice, and on and on and on and on. And I thought, Patty, what's the matter with you? I remember when she first ran for the Senate, she said, I'm just a mom in tennis shoes. 
Well, boy, she shed. She said her responsibility as a mom, as far as I'm concerned, and she's certainly thrown away her tennis shoes. I sat there and I thought, God, why do you allow this to happen? I don't know, but you do. And you're in control. But God help us. We can't, we can't claim God's blessing and God's freedom and kill our kids. Well, excuse me. I'm pro-life. I should note that Democrat presidential candidates Klobuchar, Sanders, and Warren didn't vote on this. They've all promised 100% cooperation with a Planned Parenthood plan. They're killing fields. Tony Perkins came out yesterday, Family Research Council. He said, quote, refusing to support a measure that would provide life-saving care to an infant who survives an abortion and is born alive is condoning infanticide. He said, continuing to allow this practice of either effectively or passionately allowing born-alive babies to die, as the Virginia Governor Northam has advocated, is crossing the line from civilized to barbarous, or barbarous. And it is. It's barbaric. The efforts in Congress to protect these babies should not stop, and voters have a moral duty to vote against those who condone infanticide. Father Frank Pavone, he's the National Director of Priests for Life, he said, he said earlier this week, not yesterday, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, he said, you would think that those elected to public service would know the difference between serving the public and killing the public. Boy, it's sad. 75% of independent voters and 70% of Democrats think there should be some restrictions on abortion. Even they have a twinge of conscience. 77% of Americans support legislation that would ensure babies who survive abortion would be administered the same medical treatment. McLaughlin and Associates have found that to be true through polling of Americans. But you know, it isn't just the secular progressive left. It is the so-called progressive Christians that support these people and enable them by voting for these people and putting them in office. Even if the some of my friends who are supposedly Christian left now, some of whom I grew up with, some of whom listen to this program. And if you're listening, yes, I'm talking to you. I love you, but boy, you need to get real. You know better than that. Standing behind the self-righteous excuse, I can't vote for Trump because of his immoral life and behavior and all that, that's nonsense, and you know it. That doesn't remove the pain of conscience. When you vote for one of the bunch of Democrats who are aligned with this so-called Christian progressive thinking, you are enabling the killing of children. So-called Christian progressive left is a god made of gold or silver. We're told in... Told in Exodus chapter 20, thou shalt not kill. If you read down the chapter, God says, don't make gods unto me out of silver and gold. And that's exactly what we're doing in our culture today. We need to get real. We need to go back to Sunday school and remember what we were taught. Well, other than that, I have no opinion and I'm out of time. But I feel very strongly about this. Thank you for your support. We need it. Our address is box 399 Bellevue, Washington. 98009. That's box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009.
We're running a little behind on our budget this month. I need your help. I'll see you right here tomorrow.